date of recording, the 22nd of June, 2021. Welcome to today's episode of Let's Talk Media with Vedanta Kari. For today's episode, we're talking about the 1990s. And my guests for today are the co-hosts of This Strange World, a podcast series. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for us. Of course. So do you guys just want to quickly introduce yourselves? Sure. Gavin, why don't you go first? Why don't we do the TSW order? Sure. I thought you were going to go first because your name is short on the sheet, but I'll go first. Uh, <laughs> my name's Gavin Berger, one of the co-hosts and producers of the Strange World podcast, a uh, recent graduate of Ithaca College, uh, now trying to live it out in the real world. Yeah. Uh, my name is Leah Ettinger. Like Gavin said, I'm a recent graduate from Ithaca College, currently looking for jobs. And I'm super <laughs> excited to be on this podcast with Vedant. So thank you. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm Chris Ash. I'm also a recent grad of Ithaca, ooh, Ithaca, a recent grad of Ithaca College and uh, a co-host and producer of the Strange World podcast. The three of you just graduated college. And so I'm just wondering, what was it like to spend your final year over Zoom? It was definitely weird. And if you had told me this four years ago, I would not have thought that this is how school would end. But overall, at least for me, uh, eh, we got through it. I like, you know, eh, what are you going to do? It could be worse. Could be, could be dead. So like, you know, we made it. We got the degree. We got the receipts. <laughs> I got my degree right over here. So we made it. Yeah. yeah. I know it wasn't, it wasn't too bad, honestly. Uh, uh, obviously the first semester was you know, all remote for students. Um, but, you know, going back to school, some of the classes were hybrid and uh, it kind of, like Gavin said, it was a surreal kind of year. Um, but, you know, we all managed and, uh, you know, it's we made the best out of a not so amazing situation, but here we are. Yeah, it was definitely, there was definitely some ups and downs to the whole thing. There was some pros and cons to it. You could wake up at five minutes before your class or wake up 30 seconds before your class and log on and you're there. And then when you're done, you can go back to sleep. Uh, but there was also some things like I had some plans that I was going to do it. I think that I couldn't do because of COVID. So that I definitely feel a little cheated, but we did make the best of a good situation. And like Leah and Gavin said, I have my receipt from Ithaca. <laughs> so, um, you know, it all worked out in the end. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for everything that happened. I'm not happy for the pandemic, but I'm happy that be able to we were able to get through it and everything that's great i mean you guys you guys are done you know who knows what's going to happen next in education but you're done and i'm happy for that um yeah but can we go back is the question i'm not ready for this yet <laughs> no you know i think uh, i'm i think i'm ready i think i've been ready for the real world since like after freshman year like I, like once we got access to like equipment and stuff i was like yo just let me out there just like like a dog on a, like i was just like let's let me go let me free let me let me run so, but not like this. This is not how I wanted to run. <laughs> I'm more limping. Yes. Now we're limping. They like, they broke our leg and they're like, here, now go run. <laughs> no, not like this. And so uh, for today's episode, we're going to talk about the 90s and a little bit of early 2000s, like around 2004, because I feel like with 90s stuff, it does spill over quite a bit into the early 2000s. And uh, I presume that the three of you were born in like 98, 99, right? Yeah. 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 Am I the only 98 one? You're I think you in? are. Yeah. Okay. Me and Chris yeah. were in 99. Okay, yeah. cool. Cool. So it feels weird because I was born in 2000, but the world treats me like I didn't have the same experience as y'all in terms of what I grew up with. It's so weird. It is mm -hmm. definitely a weird, I want to say kind of paradox because my sister was born in 2001. So like we had the pretty much exact same childhood, but you're super right, Vinant, that like anyone born after 99 is like not a part of like the exclusive club that was being born in the 90s. Even though the people that are like, 
establishing those rules too, like the 98 and the 99 kids, like they weren't even old enough to remember those 90s anyways. So their first memories are coming from the 2000s. Yeah. yeah, that's I think what made this podcast or this episode a little bit more challenging because I can't really remember things from when I was like one, let alone what I did this morning. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as I was kind of looking up some stuff, trying to refresh my memory, I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot this was like a thing. I forgot this was trending. So I'm actually really excited to do this because uh, it's going to bring back some nostalgia right here. Yes. And I just want to make a quick point. So uh, my high school class of 2018, you know how there's like the later half from one the previous year, then first half of the next year. So mine was late 1999 and early to mid 2000. So it was like split right along the millennium. And it was like a bragging right for some people to say that they were born in 1999. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. What month were you born in? July. Uh, Oh, yeah. So right in mid because then me and Chris were born in June of uh, Mm -hmm. 99. And then, I mean, Leah yeah, was yeah. born in August of 98. So we're all, well, we're all summer, <laughs> summer all babies. Summer babies. Yes. Well, t- I mean, t- are we technically summer babies, Kevin? June. Yeah, June is yes. like the summer, yes, but dude. we're before the... Even like May could potentially call yourself the a summer baby. Though. Yeah, I, had, I guess that's a good point. Yeah. But I don't think about, I think about like, the moment it hits June 1st, it's summer, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm checked out. Yes. I was, I've been checked out since April. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yes. And so my class was half 99, half 2000. And this one girl in my class was born on January 1st, 2000. And I think she felt bad because she was almost in the 90s. She was so close. Oh, my gosh. One day later. At least she never has to do like any hard math for like when uh, she was born, like how old she is. And so that's (laughs) That's that's, she's got it the easiest. Well, also, I was saying like, too, like I was born in 1999 and I was born in the midway of 1999. So in June and I half the year i'm the same age as the year yeah and then half the year i'm a year older than the year so if you ask me what my age is before june it'll sound like i was born in 19 uh, in 2000 and then if you ask my age after uh january or june they'll say like oh you're born in 1999 but for yeah. her she doesn't have that issue because right when the year changes that's when she changes too Mm-hmm. Yes. That's how I remember Chris's yeah. and Gavin's age is because I'm like oh exactly what it's just said. one year below just, just one, one year, year. <laughs> yeah exactly Yes. And so when you think of the late 90s and early 2000s, what comes to mind? Who wants to go first? Um, I'll, I'll go, go first. first. Oh. Or you go first. You go first. <laughs> okay. I, I was only going to say I'll go first because I don't have stuff written down like you guys. I'm not prepared. I was oh, just going to say kind of transitioning from what we we're just talking about. When I think of late 90s, early 2000s, I think of that like cultish mentality of like born in the 90s. Like, I don't know if it's because the 90s was so recent, especially for our generation, or like if in the 90s, they had this mentality about people born in the 80s, or like, that it's always like the decade or two before, like, but I feel like just with the 90s, I mean, there was a huge meme of like, only only 90s kids remember. So like that, I I wonder why that's such a huge thing with the 90s. But like, was that ever a thing with generations or decades beforehand? But I mean, that kind of cultish mentality, like what we were just saying about like 90s versus 2000s, I think it's one of the biggest things I think about when I think about that kind of beginning of the millennium. That's interesting. Honestly, yeah, I, I totally agree with Gavin. I also think that um, fashion was really big that really started to evolve. I'm very much a hair, makeup, fashion kind of person. And um, you could just see that kind of portable technology as well was kind of just was starting to come into play and uh exactly like Gavin said just kind of that cultish kind of 90s uh club um yeah those are like the three things that I think of I uh I kind of think of like I'm trying to think back to like when I was a kid because I remember the very early 2000s which kind of blends in with the 90s that we were talking about and I think of like 
it was definitely the last generation before like the rise of the indoor kids. So it was like kind of like the last generation of kids that were playing outside and occasionally they had video games, but like everyone was still riding bikes. They were still going to people's houses. They were still staying out until the streetlights came on. Um, And with that also came with like those like flashy kids commercials for like the toys and stuff that you would come out like the new bike or they would be like, and it would always be like some announcer that was like, whoa. (laughs) <laughs> do you want this new bike like yeah. and all the kids are like yes i want this new bike and then I there were all these like quick bike. zoom shots and kids were like whoa and it was all zany and yeah whoa. and it's all there was always like there was always like gross toys for boys there was like yeah these like, yep scam bugs oh that's a really good point chris is that commercials were very much aimed towards genders yeah oh yeah in the 90s because it was like hot wheels and then like for girls it was like princess and barbie and whatever so that's what also adding on to what chris said that's what i think about now yeah and also too like i I was just thinking about this um like what i was just saying like kids kind of played video games it was kind of like very early video games like not very early, but it was like the kind of the rise of like the handheld device thing where yeah. like you kind of like, but you were still social with your friends. Like you would play outside with them and then like you would kind of play with them with their game too. Like if everyone had a Game Boy and they had Pokemon, like you'd sit and you'd play Pokemon together. Or like mm-hmm. we used to have uh, Game Boys that like would have like a wire that you could connect to someone else's Game Boy and you'd oh play like gosh. multiplayer on the game. And that was like, that was our version of like multiplayer. So it was very like, very old like just sort of getting into playing with other people in video games but also like you're still active with your like it was still there was a social part of it too also to add on the evolution of like toys kind of like we were talking about like bagugan and uh what was the other thing that we were talking about like the toys kind of started to get more and more advanced um which is really interesting as well to see um, now toys, you know, are really advanced, have a lot of technology in them and, uh, it's really not the same. No. And I think what I want to mention, because we mentioned toys is, uh, Beyblades were really popular from what I remember among my friend group. Like mm-hmm. I would go to the store and they would have all these new Beyblades and Beyblade accessories. And I let it, the Beyblade anime was really popular. I had tons of those, uh, on DVD and I had so many Beyblades, I didn't realize yes. that Beyblades had like an animator show until like much later. Like I remember like Chris saying the commercials, like the guy was like, Beyblades, let it rip. Like Whoa, that. Yeah. I remember that. Whoa. I remember that. Um, but like, and then, I mean, yeah, I mean, there were so many, I feel like there were so many popular uh, animes, which I know you want to talk about, but not, but like stuff like that, or like stuff like TV shows that had games and toys and figures and stuff that went with it. Like also uh, Pokemon and like Pokemon cards were huge. Mm-hmm. It was like Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. 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 My brother Yu-Gi-Oh. used to play yeah. that. Yep. Yep, Yu-Gi-Oh! and uh, Digimon, I think, is early 2000s. Yeah, Digimon. Oh, right. And you'd have, like, binders full of cards that you would, like, collect and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I used to walk down to, like, the corner store and buy, like, packs when they first came out. And, like, we would just buy, like, as much packs as we could with, like, the little money that we had. And we'd open them up and, like, compare them. And, like, we I never actually played a Pokemon card game, but, like, I, we would just have, like, just these yeah. binders full of these sleeves make me recently buy you a pack of like pokemon i had yeah i had made you buy me a pack because i wanted to like well you were like hey what do you want and i was like honestly i kind of just want like a pokemon card because i wanted to open up the pack again and like feel what it was like to open it up it was not the same oh that feeling it wasn't the same no it was not a different pack i'm sure you could we'll find that feeling well they're all they're all shiny and they're all like hologram now like it's not Uh, like it's not special yeah it's not like the old-fashioned stuff Mm -hmm. 
I guess the final thing I want to mention, uh, late 90s, early 2000s, is very dated CGI. Um, like mm-hmm. Jimmy Neutron, that comes to mind first. Like very, Jeez. it's good show, but it looks terrible by today's standards. Yeah, I well, agree. You- I, I think also, yeah, when I think about that, you know, Jimmy Neutron, I feel like, this is my opinion, um, that it was kind of the beginning of animation for Nickelodeon to kind of get a sense and a feel of how it would play out. But now I always say in every single podcast, oh, the advancement of technology, which is very much true. You know, you see, even if you look at the evolution of Family Guy, if you look at the first season, it's, you can tell how it is from the newer seasons. It's so completely different. It's a lot crisper. The colors are more richer and it's just, it has a very different vibe to it. So you're, I totally agree with that. Well, I think you can see that with like any shows that have been on for that long, like Family Guy or like The Simpsons yep. or like, oh, my um, oh I thought of, uh, or like really like, I think Nickelodeon in general was really like popping off with a lot of new cartoons. I don't know exactly when like Family Odd Parents started or like SpongeBob started. Yeah, so like all around that same time, like all of those big shows that were then and uh, Rugrats and like that whole wave of shows, which then so many of them are like being rebooted and coming back for like Nostalgia Factor, which I'm sure we'll get into later. But uh, yeah, like even like Nickelodeon, like blowing up and being like a big thing and like everyone in our generation's like childhood. Well, now that we're talking about like old Nickelodeon shows, one thing I've noticed just now is like it was kind of the time that uh, kids shows weren't afraid to put like adult jokes in. And they weren't afraid to like, they knew that like Mm -hmm. the parents were watching the show with their kids. So they would put jokes in there that only the parents would understand. And if you look now, like I was just bored and I was flipping around and I was watching some of the new cartoons that they had. And they're very like toned down. Like they are definitely Mm -hmm. made for and for only the kids. Like they don't have anything of that old like racy jokes anymore. Oh, I wonder if a part of that is because like now parents can just like set their kids up with an iPad or like in front of the TV and walk away. Mm -hmm. Like I think so. Oh, I never I, thought about that. When you said that, Chris, the funniest scene that came to my mind was that SpongeBob scene where like the guy was like, oh, there's like a, it was a seahorse. It was like, oh, where's the coin hole? Oh, wait, there it is. Oh, oh my God. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that. I didn't get yeah. that as a kid, but when I rewatched it, I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah but the fact that so much of this is still stuff that like we quote today, like oh, yeah. decades later, like it just shows the impact that all of this stuff from the 90s and early 2000s had on us, like an imprinted onto us. Yes. SpongeBob had a ton of adult jokes. And I remember one from uh, Powerpuff Girls uh, where um, the three girls make this new friend and they say, we were born in a lab by accident. And then the girl says, oh, I was an accident too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. Like a kid's not going to get that. No, Loki can, so can relate because like I'm adopted from China, so I probably <laughs> was too. Oh it's okay. God. I like to throw, throw punches at myself too. <laughs> we're laughing. Don't worry. But so, I mean, we're talking about like good things in the 90s, but I mean, not everything <laughs> aged well. No. Yeah, no, definitely not. Definitely not. No, and I think two other things I want to mention in terms of bad CGI is uh, some of the very early PS2 games and uh, Spy Kids 3D. <laughs> Oh, oh my kids. gosh, yes. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember Spy that. Kids. Well, that was also oh. kind of when 3D was starting to kind of 
take off as well because they still hadn't gotten it down um as nicely as they have now but remember the glasses had the blue and then the red now they're just like sunglasses and stuff so yeah it's it's so crazy to see like the evolution of honestly everything i feel like we don't even like i mean i know we haven't been to like movie theaters in a while but i mean even before the pandemic i don't remember the last time i saw a movie in 3d like i feel like 3d movies were like definitely more mid to late 2000s slash like closer to 2010s but like it was definitely kind of like a more gimmicky thing like you don't really see as many movies in 3d anymore yeah yeah i I remember like around 2009 2010 3d tvs were being advertised everywhere yeah and like now look what like imagine the people who bought those 3d tvs i think i have one like (laughs) downstairs in the living room is i'm not sure though so that's so funny I was always at such a disadvantage when it came to 3D at movie theaters because I had I had glasses and I, was I, I have contacts now. I have contacts now, so I could have gotten away with it back then. But like back then, I couldn't, so I had to like balance the 3D glasses on top of my glasses, and there was always oh, like wow. a peripheral. Like I could only get the center of my vision to be 3D. The rest of it was like a weird like 2D slash 3D thing because it was just not big enough to fit over my glasses. Yeah, so I, I was always at such a disadvantage. I still don't have contacts, so I still. uh would do that balancing act if i ever went to a 3d movie recently but i don't plan on going to see anything in 3d anytime soon good and last thing i want to mention is uh do you guys remember those plug and play games with like the av cables that you plugged into the tv oh yes i think i still have some of them like in a cabinet in my house that like it's probably some sort of like spongebob joystick wait i have that that one too oh my god that's so yeah was it the i remember I have three SpongeBob plug and play games. The first one is the Fry Cook games one. Um, and second is some random activities called Rainbow One. And third one is Patrick going through a maze. Oh my uh, God. Yeah, I've, yeah. I think I have one of those. I don't remember which one, but that's so, yeah, it's so funny. And again, very much like kind of a gimmicky thing. Like I feel like they, they don't make stuff like that anymore. You just have like an app, like yeah. you have an app on your phone yeah. or iPad or something like they, that. That would fail today. Yeah, my brother is a is a very big uh, gamer, and he has some really old consoles. He kind of collects them as well. But to see like the really old consoles that have the joystick or like the first kind of remote controllers, um, it's really it's shocking and just kind of cool to see how technology like that has evolved from you know really basic controllers to really advanced controllers to putting on the glasses, the Oculus. Um, so yeah. I remember at my house when we were growing up, there was like in the basement, there was like a TV that was like this old like VHS player yeah. TV that like honestly was just one gigantic box. And we had uh, two plug and play games. There was one that was a Dragon Ball Z fighting game. Um, that was a plug and play. And then there was one that was like a paintball gun. And you plug the paintball gun into the TV and you would like shoot like it was a very like arcade like shooter that like you would just like shoot paintballs at everybody. And we used to play that for hours when I was like four or five years old in the basement with my brothers. And it's so different now. Yeah. Uh, final thing from technology. Uh, bef- I think um, when I think of like nineties, I think of those like very bulky mo- computer monitors, the gray oh. ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Even just bulky like desktops. Like I think I like within the past year, maybe we finally got rid of like my mom's like bulky desktop and like got her a new computer. It's like, all right, you can't keep using like Windows <laughs> XP or whatever. Like whatever we've been using that. Like I used to put like old math games in there that I was like, we can't keep using that anymore. You got to update. You got to get a new one. Just they were always slow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, so slow. 
Yes. And so now I guess we should talk about trends that exploded or died in the late 90s and early 2000s. So who wants to go first? I'll go first. So I, like I said, I really love fashion. And so the list that I kind of have is all fashion oriented, except for one. Um, But the first one is frosted tips. That was really popular back then. I don't know anyone now who has frosted tips, but you know, once a celebrity has something, everyone else is going to do it. Another thing was that SUVs exploded, um, the cars, just because they became more like luxury and had more room and stuff. So people really wanted that. Um, and it's, it's also, all of this is like a status symbol as well. You had the stuff, you you were in the clique or the group or whatever. Um, fanny packs and scrunchies, bomber jackets, plaid flannel shirts, Timberlands. Um, the Timberlands actually became a symbol in hip hop. Um, and so those, all those stuff really took took off. And I remember scrunchies, you know, some of the stuff is still around, but like people would have a ton of scrunchies on their wrists, like five, 10 scrunchies. Um, chokers were a really big thing. They made a little bit of a comeback in high school, um, which was for me, uh, like 2013 to 2017. Wow. I sound old. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so those are really big. Uh, The G-Shock watches, which are still really cool, not going to lie. Obviously, they're not as advanced because you can't get those notifications and stuff. But, you know, that was a really big status symbol. Uh, Capri pants, slap bracelets, super wide jeans. Um, Some of this this stuff is obviously still around and kind of making its way back into trends because that's just how fashion works. Things that are old sometimes come back, new, bigger, better than ever. Um, and it has to do a lot with celebrities and stars kind of just bringing that all back. So that was kind of like my list of trends that exploded and kind of died off in the late 90s and early uh, 2000s. Well, I think, I'm sorry, uh, Leah, I think I need to disagree with you on some of those things. Okay. I don't know if you've been outside, but I feel like scrunchies are huge. Like, I feel like yeah. that, They're like huge. definitely a lot of 90s fashion, I feel like is coming back because even also like middle parts were like huge mm-hmm. in the 90s and then like died. Everyone went side part and mm-hmm. like now we're all back to middle parts. Oh, I always stayed middle parts. No, I agree. That's pr- I, well, yeah, I no, no, I'm not complete. I'm saying like right. a lot of it has come back. It definitely like died for a little bit. And like, I would say really within the past, two years like 90s fashion has come back in terms of like those like bigger baggier jeans like yeah flannel shirts are coming back too exactly. flannel shirts i don't think flannel shirts ever went away i think those have been here <laughs> did you say no, that bomber jackets were like people still wear bomber jackets i say that as someone who regularly wears a bomber jacket i'm not saying i'm true. taking offenses i still know people who wear timberlands i mean they're not as mm-hmm. common now but like I, it is definitely interesting to see um the point of view of how much fashion changes but then also how it's like i don't remember what that phrase is but like if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it or something yeah, like that. Yeah. 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 But so much of like, uh, I mean, like obviously eighties fashion was like huge and like came back, but like, I feel like nineties fashion is definitely, and even like, even though it was, we look at it and we're like, Oh, that was so cringe. Like, but then it's still like, it's still coming back. Yeah. So, well, the yeah. list that I had created kind of like the scrunchies and the flannels. No, I, you right? don't need to, you no. don't need to defend yourself. Oh, like, okay. I'm, I'm, no, no. I'm not disagreeing I, I, with I, you. <laughs> a lot of them definitely died. And like, some of them should like stay dead. Like, <laughs> Oh my uh, God. We don't need to bring slap bracelets back. They were kind of a pain, but like fanny packs are back and they're like, sometimes they go hard, you know, mm-hmm. you don't need to no. defend yourself. I, I don't think I've ever seen a list. fanny pack go hard, Gavin. I, you're, then you're not looking at the right fanny packs. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. One uh, to move on. Uh, so Leah doesn't keep attempting to defend herself. Uh, one of the things that I think uh, was huge in the '90s and definitely 2000s. We think we semi-touched upon it, but just the idea, just the pure idea of slime. I feel like it was oh, huge. Yeah. Nickelodeon with toys, with just everything of the idea of like slime. And we saw that come back like a few years ago when it was like kids were like making slime. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I would call that a completely different category of slime from like 90 slime. Like 90 slime was like green, yeah. like translucent, like gross, like meant to be just like gross and like sli- like oh slime. They get slimed at like the Kids Choice Awards and like mm-hmm. stuff yeah. like that. That I feel like just the idea of like slime and like that dirty kind of like I don't even know what to describe it's just it. Like I the think idea the consistency slime. has yeah. changed of slime. Slime used to be much more like a liquid form, but now yeah, slime like, is more yeah. of like a... It's like a rubber blubber it's like thing. ASMR-y. Rubber. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. it's made, like they the make flubber. it out of glue. So it's like glue. Yeah, like flubber. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So just the idea of slime. But anyway, Chris? <laughs> I uh, I was... I didn't put this in my thing, but I, it just came to me. Grunge was like a thing oh, yeah. that came mm-hmm. in like the 90s. Yeah. Like Music Nirvana and like just like that like rebel tone and like people were wearing like black clothing and they were having like um yeah it was just kind of like i can't really describe it because well, i was never really a fan of that stuff but like yeah just like the idea of like a punk rebel grunge type there was like music that came out like that and then there was like clothing that came out like that and people like based their entire personalities off of grunge yeah. yeah. Well, I think I, that you need to be very specific with what you say. Like, don't get too general with it because I mean, I feel like every decade has their uh, own version of like anti establishment, like punk back in like the 80s and stuff, versus then it went more into like being emo and like stuff like that. But like, well, definitely grunge yeah. was like the 90s version of that. It was like the precursor to emo, really. Yeah. yeah. Just, but it was emo is just, I, I think of emo as a very dark or a more darker or depressing version of what grunge was. Emo is like grunge plus the internet plus Tumblr. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, Tumblr. I haven't Tumblr. heard that in years. MySpace like, too? Oh my gosh. MySpace. Yeah. MySpace. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, I just thought of this now. Um, Napster. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. You would get your Napster. music from Napster. And there was like that you that was kind of like the first kind of downloading music. And then there was always like that pirating thing. You'd be like, oh, that I know was, that's website. what Napster was like notorious for, yeah. like pirating. <laughs> just yeah. Pirating like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's so strange that now in a couple of my classes at college, because I'm a television radio major, we actually learn about Napster and how in the court cases and everything. It's so weird. Oh, I think yeah. we learned about those a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris, what other things were you? Uh, um, well, like jean clothing is already still now. Like that's coming back. Like everyone's yeah. wearing jean jackets now. But like denim. that was like a thing. Like denim was a thing that came in like the. It was big in the '80s, and then it kind of like stayed the same in the '90s and the early 2000s. Like everybody was wearing that like white, not white, but it was more of like light blue, kind of like, like starchy. Yeah, yeah, it was like an acid watch, like starchy color. Like when you feel it, you feel like you're gonna cut your fingers on the on the jeans. Yeah. Um, people were wearing like layered clothing. Like they were having like they would have like a white shirt, and then they would have like overalls or like they would have like a white shirt and like black suspender like dresses like over all of that or like like it was just like they would people would just it doesn't matter if it's 80 degrees they're still layering their clothing on top of each other big mm-hmm. patterns on clothing was a thing yeah. as well yeah. like the stripes oh, were ugly in like patterns really ugly, you could just ugly. say ugly patterns <laughs> <laughs> the, the color schemes that was something that i had yeah. read that color schemes on clothes were just you know every single color you would have like a yellow with like a black with like a Pink. green or something yeah. and it was just like very strange colors but you know people made it rock people made yeah. it look 
good for back then in that type of era. Well, even also, Chris, I see you wrote overalls died. Do you mean tie dyed? Because tie dye, I feel like, was also huge in the 90s and is, I don't know what's happening this summer. I don't know if you guys have like looked at big fashion oh, stuff this summer, like oh, tiny yeah. stores, but like yeah. tie dye is coming back in a yeah. big, like everyone's, it's like, why is it, it doesn't, does it need to come back? It's everywhere. Everywhere Tie-dye's I go, there's It's always yeah. been around. It's, it's definitely- but it's, they're really pushing it this summer. I don't know what's in the water, but they're really pushing yeah. tie dye this summer. Well, when I, I, like I said, that. when I said overall, I'm, I'm not saying I hate tie dye. I'm just no, saying, no, no, like, I'm just saying there's yeah. other things. I yeah. thought we progressed past tie-dye <laughs> when i was saying overalls died i meant like i meant oh, like the, the trend are... died like oh. no one wears overalls really anymore like oh, they, I disagree some with do you. if they're Obviously, if they're like go on tiktok you like overalls are back baby. Okay, <laughs> well, i was gonna say TikTok. if you want to be i was gonna say if you wanted to be like aesthetically different like you'd wear overalls but yeah. like if you were just like gonna go to the store like no one's gonna wear really i mean not i don't like but like yeah. people around here no yeah like from, like they don't wear like overalls yeah. on a daily basis but in the 90s that was like you were wearing yeah. shorts you were just that's like the fresh prince like that's literally what like yeah i literally, loved literally the fresh prince yeah. yeah i really loved overalls and you know i agree that they have kind of died out i i, I don't have tiktok gavin and chris would not, i don't know if you have it so they habits. kind of oh, they know no, like the it. trends about Huge. that but I like I said I don't have TikTok, but I never ever see anyone in overalls ever. You guys got to get out more. I'm not getting TikTok. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying out. you got to you got to like, look up, look up from your phones, and look out at the world of what these crazy people are wearing. Some of these right. things are coming back. <laughs> That's anyway, true though. Some of Kevin, looking is, up yeah. was so '90s though. Like, That's such a removed, '90s thing to do. We've moved on. <laughs> but uh, what are what are trends that died from the '90s that you, in your opinion? Like everybody mentioned, gross out humor was very very popular back then. I think it was very common in cartoons, especially in the late nineties with shows like Red and Stimpy and uh, Rugrats and especially South Park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bah, 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 bah. I Has South Park been going since the nineties? Did they I think, start? Yep. Nineties. So. Wow. Yeah. It's been going yeah. for probably too long. Too long. Yeah. And uh, I actually wasn't allowed to watch Rugrats as a kid, but I've heard it can get pretty gross at times. Hey, yeah it can get weird. i used to watch that all the time i it never really caught my attention it would kind of just be like background noise for me but mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know yeah gotcha and i think the second point i want to make is that during the 90s there was just this explosion in shows and movies that were set at a high school or focused on teenagers with mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. with stuff like beverly hills and uh say by the bell was 89 and a couple of other shows here and there like my so-called life uh, and clueless a lot of 90s uh, movies and shows that were set around high school what's really interesting is your i agree with that um that point Vinant, is that back then like high school shows and movies were starting to grow but now like if you pitch that everyone's like nah that that's what our professor said said i'm gonna that's not it's, say his name it's been done but it's exactly because it's been done and it's just like new topic well now you need to when you have a high school show it's got to be like there's got to be something you can't have like 30 year olds playing high schoolers like you did on 90210 it has to be like (laughs) uh, i mean like even like riverdale aren't they supposed to be high schoolers in riverdale yeah and they're like so old college they're like their late 20s oh late 20s oh yeah there's definitely a a boom of like those high school shows and then also like i forget what the word is but like the idea that like high school are the best years of your life and like there are all these like road trip movies and like people in high school and like high school parties and whoa and it's outrageous man and it's crazy yeah. like like you I had think- shows like the grassy 
Yeah. Yeah. I think also back then a lot of shows were centered around family and friends. And I'm not saying that there's shows now that are not, but I see a lot of shows that are now related to like police and crime. You kind of see more genres out there now, but back then it was school, family, um, and friends. That's kind of my take on it. Again, I don't remember what I had for like breakfast today. So that's kind of like, well, even just like everything now just has had to be pushed to extremes. Like the biggest sitcoms back then were like, quite literally friends and like Roseanne where it's just like a bunch of friends or like a bunch of family, but like now you need to be like the office or parks and rec or Brooklyn nine, nine, or like, you got to like step it up. It's got to be a different environment. There's got like, mm-hmm. yeah. there's like a few shows like in that similar friends kind of vein, like new girl. And probably that's the only really recent successful one. Or like <laughs> you, you got to have like a, the good place or like Shit's Creek of like these like wacky situations. Like you can't just have a bunch of people sitting around talking about life and like getting into quirky situations. Like that's like needle in a haystack of like finding like of those shows succeeding, which is why yeah. I say like new girl, I would say is the most recent comparison to like a bunch of friends hanging out kind of show with like no special gimmick. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I was going to say like, I, I don't mean to cut over anybody, but I was just sort of, briefly looking at like 90 shows like scenes from 90 shows like just pictures of stills and stuff and a lot of it like i just feel like there was like a lot of flat light like it was like a lot of like just like not a lot of color it was very like dim and it was just the camera quality like of course they tried to make it like as best as they could but it was definitely like that was kind of like the thing is like kind of like a sitcom-y flat light show Mm -hmm. and while today it's like they all kind of feel like I mean, I, I, I guarantee you in like 20 years, we're going to look back and say the exact same thing about shows now, but like now they kind of seem like they're more like closer to real life when you look at like how the shows are, but like, yeah. it was definitely like the camera is peeking in at like a wide angle view of all the characters that were in the scene instead of yeah. like close-ups on different people well they were also all like multi-cam shows like there yeah. wasn't like single cam shows i'm also, sorry when you think of, yeah when you think of shows back then sets where you would have like the same three sets and now like you see um let's take a really new or somewhat new show like the flight attendant they had the set of the plane they had the set of the hotels which are in different places they had the set of the city they you know so locations and and movies and in television have now been broadened instead of being on like a sound stage and relying on those three sets that's a raven that was in the house at the school you know sometimes they would get out quote unquote like get outside but um you know you were basically at those two kind of sets was at the school yeah. and at the house well i think also a keyword that you're saying of like the sets compared to like now i would just call them locations like sure they're yeah. like building some sets yeah. but it's really like they're going to locations like tv mm-hmm. shows now are getting like movie level budgets i mean you see like all the disney plus stuff with like marvel and like mandalorian having these like million dollar like budgets for tv shows versus like these tv shows in the 90s like they were like the smallest, crummiest things. You get like the living room set. And if you were lucky, mm-hmm. you got a bedroom set. And like, yeah, that was it. And maybe someone's like work establishment and you had to like work with that. And yeah. like the camera angles just didn't really change. Well, it's it because it was shot that, uh, Chris, I don't, I don't know if uh, this is a big spoiler to you, but that's because all the cameras were on one side. No, I know. I'm just there was saying a, the like, fourth that wall was wasn't like there, man. It, there was an audience. I know I'm poking fun at you. I'm saying that's why the <laughs> angle didn't change is because there was a hole in the wall where the audience sat. It wasn't like modern family where they could just like be walking around the house and like doing whatever. Like, but yeah, no, I agree. And I, I definitely think that the nineties, this is a poor way to put it, but I think definitely ran multi-camera sitcoms into the ground. Like they definitely, yeah. in the two thousands yeah. really have like, there's like, 
can you guys think of any really like big multi-camp sitcoms now? I mean, like Big Bang Theory ended a few years ago, but even like the reboot is a single camera show. Like even Young yeah. Sheldon isn't multi-cam anymore. But well, like the only thing that I can like think of like recently of what they've done was WandaVision, but they did it on purpose. Like yeah, that was the that point. That was to almost like make fun of it. And like, it was to make fun of yeah. it. Yeah. And like How I Met Your Mother, I guess, was like five years ago or whatever. Like that was multi-cam, but like. Yeah, like the whatever the new Roseanne, uh, the whatever that reboot is, uh, that might still be multicam, but and like maybe like I mean it's probably just CBS shows. Whatever's on CBS is probably multicam. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to CBS, I guess just CBS shows. Anyway, Young yes. Sheldon. And I think one final thing I want to mention. I mean, this is not really a trend, but th- there started to be like some level of improvement in representation, like specifically oh like. Oh my L- gosh! Oh yes. my gosh! Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, with uh, I think the LGBTQ plus it started to happen first with Ellen coming out, and then right after Ellen, like a year or so later, we got Will and Grace, and even Seinfeld did an episode about uh, the gay community. It started. Oh, well, started. that Seinfeld episode has not aged well. I mean, so much of Seinfeld. I'm a huge <laughs> Seinfeld fan, but uh, so much of it, as for as much as it's, I still think so good, and so many of the jokes are so good. It has not aged incredibly because no. i mean mm-hmm. there was no like there i mean he they've done interviews and people ask questions about how they're like yo there's no black characters like literally it's just all white people and then like when you look at it then you're like wow that is really not representative of everyone and i mean like friends was pretty white and like really all those shows were like pretty white but then i mean like now you get like these big shows and sitcoms that are like like fresh off the boat that was like mm-hmm. a good few years ago and like yeah. granted, i want to watch that i have to, that's on my to watch list yeah and it didn't blow up as much as like modern family or like other of those like ab which even modern family had like uh, other representation of like hispanic representation and like lgbt representation so like i completely agree with you Vedant, that like the representation has completely changed and then i mean with the will and grace reboot and like but that's like the most amazing thing to see in production now is that you know with all the movements that have happened all the backlash that the hollywood foreign press and just hollywood has gotten diversity and representation has blown up you had parasite you had um what else is really big oh my gosh crazy Crazy rich Rich asians yeah those were asian cast and um those were completely asian completely uh, crazy rich asians asian was completely asian, asian. And they yeah. knocked was made it out in of korea <laughs> you had also different representation of cultures um what was it sound what's the one with the water and the sign language shape of um, water shape of shape water. water you see that you know the deaf community i'm a minor in, in oh deaf yeah studies. for all the deaf fish out but there but you but you see the evolution of cultures being incorporated into big big um productions productions and i think you know in hollywood now they're definitely with all the backlash they've gotten they're really trying to do to make it more inclusive um which is really important and i think they've done a really good job with representation and just you know um making the lgbtq plus community just you know it was kind of taboo back then but now you have love simon now you have what are some other shows that Kind of well, I mean, Love around. Victor's coming out. Love, uh, it's yep. a TV show. It, well, Love it's, Vincent. Yes, I think it's yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's so just interesting to see the evolution of all that stuff because you gotta you gotta change your ways and stuff, and yeah. it's just you also learn about different cultures as well, and that's something really important. Well, you know, I think um, one of the things that is like with that uh, that also shows that it like for as much as we do progress, like nothing will really ever be good enough is that this is a super recent thing that happened. I just watched in the Heights the other day. I don't know if any of you guys have I'm watching to check it, it out. right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, uh, it incredible, like uh, Lin-Manuel Marotta, 
Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote it in like 2005 and then it was huge one Tony's uh, was turned into a movie has like all like Hispanic and like Latinx cast and stuff but then it's gotten like all this backlash for like only having light-skinned uh Hispanics mm-hmm. and stuff and yeah. that's and it's like so for as much like it, there's no white people in it there's like maybe the occasional background white person but like there's like one black character everyone else is like hispanic but like so for as much as that's like a, such a great step and it's like a huge blockbuster movie and i mean lee if you're watching it like you see the dance scenes are huge it's, um, very yes. expensive music movie but like even still that's like then people always find a way to and i'm not saying that's that it's like, not good to take steps in it but like right and like that. it was directed by the person who directed crazy rich asians and like mm-hmm. written by lin-manuel miranda and so like for as much as like we keep taking all these tremendous steps forward with representation like I wonder if it will ever be good enough for for everyone to be happy. Someone's always going to be unhappy about exactly. it. Exactly. It's good the that thing. they keep trying. That's well, the thing. Not everyone is going to love Marvel. Not everyone is going to love just whatever. Well, now we got like Shang-Chi coming out. We got yes. like a lot of diversity in the internals. Mm-hmm. So like there's definitely more diverse. And then like with more female, stuff. yeah, I mean, this could be a whole other episode on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. so yeah, many. Yeah, yeah. So many we don't uh, want to get things. too carried away. Yeah, well, not I had, to get too sidetracked by, uh, yeah, yeah. what do you want to say, Chris? I had noticed, I, I don't know if this was brought up before, but I was just kind of looking at the different sitcoms from the 90s. And it was, I'm noticing a trend that it was either all white or all black. It yeah. was mm-hmm. like Seinfeld was all white. Fresh Prince was all black. Home Improvement was all white. Full House was all white. Like My Wife and Kids was all black. Like it was like, there wasn't, there's some, like some are, some definitely stand out different, but there was like, it was either like Friends was all white. Like it was either like an all white mm-hmm. cast or an all black cast. Boy Meets World. Yeah, yeah. Boy Meets World. Yeah. Yep. So it it was like definitely Martin like Martin and uh, Family Matters and yeah. uh, Bill oh Cosby's gosh, show. Matters. Like, yeah, there were so mm-hmm. many shows, like exactly what you're saying. But like there was no like diversity in those shows. And yeah. I definitely think that now like you're getting a lot more and, and we're definitely making steps to be inclusive to everybody. Which but it's just amazing. it's crazy to see the like back then like and back then I don't think like I forgive like, you know, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I don't really think that people really like thought of it as like a bad thing like they were like oh it's just that's like what the show is like that i don't think people like noticed it but it's definitely when you look back now when you have like the hindsight it's definitely like interesting to see how it was either all white or all black like there was no like mixing and there was no real diversity in those shows yeah i wonder if that almost is a reason part could be part of the reason why so many of the things from the 90s are coming back almost to like not to like uh well in a sense to potentially make them better even though i feel like most reboots fail um but like in a sense to like reclaim their name like especially with like the safe by the bell uh reboot that started last year of like now it's brought in like a lot more diversity and i mean i haven't watched it as i'm sure most people have not but uh like it's almost like reclaiming it of like being like no like look you're woke we like are like it's almost like reusing those concepts that were big in the 90s and then on one hand trying to profit off it on the other hand trying to like almost fix it and be like it can we can make it better and adapt it for the times and some of them just don't work like they don't work in these new times like make new ideas you know what's interesting chris is what you said also when i think of this isn't necessarily an early 2000 show but that's so raven that Mm -hmm. was mainly black cast there was that white friend but when you look at cory in the house that was a little bit after that's a raven because it was you know his spinoff you right. had a little bit more diversity there you had cory was black you had the female friend i think she was like indian or something and then you had the his guy best friend who was white so that was kind of a little bit 
of a uh, step into having a more diverse cast, but mm-hmm. still it was mainly centered around like a black cast as well, which, you know, that, yeah, connects to your point, Chris. Mm-hmm. Leah, I just have a question. What do you have to say about like female representation in the 90s? I'm just curious. From what I can remember, kind of like sexist um, in a way, oh God, just because, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> You know, you're kind of, it's like back then females, you know, had to be, they were in charge of the house and the male was in charge of making the money and stuff. And even back in the nineties, you know, they kind of started to delve a little bit more into broadening the females roles in um, movies and shows, but uh, it still needed some work. It needed work in progress. Um, But now today you see that females are now leads and they're doing much more uh bigger um things while in the show if you look at the big bang theory you have what was it three female leads one is um she doesn't like stay at home she goes out with her friends but she also is like very smart or two of them actually are very smart um but females back then were just kind of displayed as dumbed down just Mm -hmm. not kind of out there very much in the house and now you see females going out there and it's honestly amazing to see that type of female uh representation um, gotcha. And I'm sorry, I, d- I totally didn't mean to single you out there because you're a woman. No, no, you're good. Don't worry. You're, you're can, totally I, good. can I jump off of uh, Leah's point? Yeah. Um, I also think, and correct me if you think that I'm completely wrong, Leah, but I almost feel like the 90s was also a pretty big step forward in terms of female representation. Because while yeah. you did have like, I think it was definitely like the beginning of the transitional time before you got more female-led stuff. Because while you did have like Sex in the City, which did focus on like, girls like to shop and they like boys. There was also like, you could see towards uh, later in the 90s with like Buffy the Vampire Slayer mm-hmm. and like Sabrina the Teenage Witch and like, uh, Lizzie McGuire was early 2000s mm-hmm. and like Xena Warrior Princess was another big show uh, that ran for like six years. So like there was definitely like a lot more. It, it was definitely the second half of the 90s into yeah. the 2000s where you definitely saw a lot more female led stuff with like more powerful female characters, which I mean, I'm sure if you watch them, I mean, I haven't watched them, but I'm sure that they haven't aged as well as we all would have hoped. Yeah. And I'm sure there's still some sexist remarks in it, but I feel like the 90s, especially the second half of the 90s, was definitely like a big step in the right direction. I think that was the thing that was really impressive about Hannah Montana. I know that was a little bit later on, but Mm -hmm. she started off, her role was kind of, you know, it was like small, but like she had this very big life, very secretive life. And that was kind of more showing females that you know they get out there they can be really big in the industry they can they can do anything um and it's just been incredible to just see the female representation just evolve and hopefully it will keep doing that yeah well i mean you could you see the difference of like sabrina the teenage witch premiered in 1996 versus hannah montana premiered in 2006 yes. so like you can just look at it and like uh exactly. there was also uh like that then her she had like you know her best friend like uh the emily osmond emily. character mm-hmm. I forget it was her name actually emily in the show i don't remember it might have been no um, no, but like there was uh, so many other, uh, and I think then, yeah, definitely a lot of Disney shows. And then even like through, oh, it was Lily. That's what it was. Lily, um, yeah. But then uh, definitely through the 2000s and into 2010s and stuff there, I feel like there were definitely a lot more female. And then like, you know, uh, Wizards of Waverly Place. And that's yeah, getting off topic. This isn't that, 90s, but like, yeah. yeah. But that's where I thought That's So Raven was like a really good kind of segue into definitely female sure. representation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Leah, you make a good point. Um, I don't remember who it was actually like the big bang theory. Like I think in the nineties and early two thousands, there was like maybe one female character in like a mostly male cast, like mm-hmm. Seinfeld. And they had that whole trope of like two guys and one girl 
and still somewhat of a thing today, but it is getting better. Yeah. I mean, that's even what they did when, uh, I mean, this isn't nineties, but like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia that like it was originally just supposed to be the three guys. And then they were like, you need to add a girl, which was also the same thing that happened with Seinfeld. So like, yeah. And yeah, definitely a lot of those shows. It's a lot of just like white guys in a boardroom being like, here's this idea. And then they're like, great. Now add a female into it. And then, you know, you get the whole thing of the uh, male gaze and like writing for women. And that's a whole other episode. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Throughout this whole episode, we've mentioned a lot of examples of 90s media coming back. So are there any particular ones that stood out to you? Fuller um, House. Yeah. Full Def- House slash Fuller House. I never watched right. Full House because it was on like kind of later at night and I'd always go to bed kind of when it was on or it was on like, yeah. Um, but Fuller House, you know, that kind of had changed because, you know, you could see the the kids had grown up and it was just, it kind of had, it had the same, almost the same cast. They added some new characters, but that was, uh, that's a show. I feel like that has really stuck to its theme. It's original yeah. theme. Um, and they've done a very good job of it. I haven't watched the new, the, like, season three or whatever but yeah yeah i think that fuller house is also a good example of how of why 90s stuff shouldn't come back because i remember in high school i like for some reason had a weird 90s phase where i binge watched full house and like saved by the bell and stuff like that and i haven't watched the saved by the bell reboot um but i watched i think the first season of fuller house and it's not good from what i remember and like i feel like a lot of things like that that come back um it's like, uh, this probably shouldn't have come back like that. Saved by the Bell. I know that a lot of the trailers were kind of cringy and people were like, uh, like, is this humor really meant for today? But I think a good example of one that did come back and then was able to still find success for a good number of seasons was Will and Grace as mm-hmm. being one of those like huge shows from uh, the 90s. But then it was able to come back and found it took a second to find its footing. But like, definitely, I think the reboot is possibly one of the best examples of 90s media that was able to come back. And I think another one uh, was Roseanne, because what made that one especially hard was the whole um, controversy about how Roseanne Barr was like, you know, a terrible person, uh, or whatever. So like, then they had to do, uh, there was a reboot of that. And then they like, basically rebooted it without her with like the Connors now Mm. on ABC. So I, that's still on. So obviously they're doing something right. Cause it's been on for almost three years. I haven't, I haven't seen boy meets world. I kind of saw like little clips from it, but I saw girl meets world, which I thought was really cute. Um, But they had the original characters They had Corey and Topanga. And then I think they had one little cameo of like the teacher that was the old guy. guy. Um, And that was really cute. Again, I didn't see boy meets world so I can't really say much on it um and obviously Girl Meets World wasn't on for a super long time and it wasn't because it wasn't good there was like a falling out that happened um but if it went on I think it could have been like really good as well that's kind of my personal opinion not to continue to take over the conversation I promise I will be quiet but have you guys seen memes about Girl Meets World recently in the past few months there's been a lot of memes about how the acting is like super over exaggerated and terrible it might just be on tiktok but oh, um oh like a hundred percent agree like every episode i thought every episode was just really cute yeah like, no and it was such a, it's like i think yeah. what's interesting about that show last thing and then i'll shut up and let chris talk no problem. <laughs> um one of the things i think about that show which leah i think you bring up a good point is that like it is very cutesy and i feel like girl meets world was meant for the same age that boy meets world was made for in terms of mm-hmm. like you know young people as opposed to all of these reboots being made for the people who watch the originals who are now older which is why i think they don't work of like fuller house now being aimed more towards 
uh, older, like people who grew up with Full House or Saved by the Bell being aimed for people who grew up with Saved by the Bell, as opposed to Girl Meets World was made for people who were the same age of the people who watched Boy Meets World at the time, if that makes any sense. I think a really bad reboot, though, and I didn't watch even like the whole episode. I thought a really bad reboot was That's So Raven. I used to love that show. It's like Raven's House or Raven's Home or something like that. Yeah, Raven's Home. And I'm just like, what is this? This is like, you know, Disney has hits and they have miss. And that was a big miss. Mm -hmm. They got to bring back Kim Possible. Come on. like They they made a live action movie. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure it was. No, Kim Are you saying no to Kim Possible if not? I'm saying they made a live action movie of Kim Possible. Oh, yes, ago. but that was like horror. I have not seen it because it got probably horrible reviews, but yeah. I'll probably watch it for like shits and giggles. Sorry. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> Chris, what do you think about uh, any of this 90s media that's coming um, back? I think before I get into what like I, you know, before I get into the things that I've watched or that I want to see, I think when a 90s show is reboot, like rebooted into today's world, I think they have to kind of balance a line between if they're just going for the nostalgia factor and go back to what the magic was before, then you end up having a stale show with no personality that's going to adapt. And so I think there's a reason that the show has ended is because people got sick of that and the ratings started to decline. And then that's why they were canceled. And that's why they're not around anymore. And so when you kind of go back to that, people are like, oh, this is cool. And then it's not going to work because people are like, they're sick of it. Um, And then I think if you change too much, like, one thing I'm going I'm, I'm going to use as an example is uh, this is not a 90s or early 2000s show, but iCarly, mm-hmm. and they're doing a reboot of oh, that. Yes, they yeah. of course there's you know actresses and actors go through things, and and the actress who played Sam isn't coming back, and a lot of people are upset about that because they're changing too much. So it's like they have to walk, they have to have a fine line between being stale and being stuck in what they were before, and then changing too much where it turns off the audience that they're trying to they're trying to get. So it's, it's, I think a lot of shows fail when they try to do reboots is because they can't have a balance between changing and staying behind. And, mm-hmm. and I don't really have an example of a show cause I don't really watch a lot of TV, but I don't have a, um, I don't have an example of a show that I think like walks the line pretty like that walks the line enough to have a successful show. Yeah. Um, I think also this is way before like the 90s. Um, this is, I think, when my dad was kind of younger, um, was The Odd Couple. I love that show with mm-hmm. Tony Randall and Jack Klugman. Um, super hilarious, guys. I know they made a reboot of it, you know, with um, Matthew was- Perry. Yes. And uh, I never really, it never really caught my eye just because. Sometimes reboots, you just shouldn't do it. You've left it at such a good place. You've yeah. had such an iconic um, cast. You have just amazing writers. Well, not amazing, but you have writers that kind of understand that type of humor back in the decade, I feel like, and just, you know, it just lives on forever and forever and forever. So I thought um, with the the Odd Couple reboot, never caught my eye, never interests me, just because I know that the original Odd Couple, that's where it should have stopped. Mm-hmm. So that's kind that's of because my... the show had an identity back then. Exactly. Well, also, I mean, like that. I feel like the older you look at at these shows, like the more they've probably aged poorly, and like the humor of the time has like changed. Like I haven't watched Odd Couple, so like maybe it hasn't aged poorly, but like it's from like the seventies. Yeah. Versus no, like when yeah, they, yeah, yeah. when they decide to make an Odd Couple reboot in like twenty fifteen, like first of all why besides money like obviously you have to go with the times but at the same time like don't do that sometimes it's like these shows just aren't going to like they could not make seinfeld 
or friends now. No. Well, like, and they, no. like, I mean, the friends reunion, no. like, I didn't watch it, so I don't know exactly what it was, if it was just them sitting down or whatnot, but, like, yeah, they could, if they made a friends reboot, it would be a huge flop. So, like, I think they were very smart to be, like, for so long of being, like, no, we're not. I mean, like, a reunion is one thing, but uh, yeah. the, a reboot but a would reboot. have been a terrible idea. I've I never th- seen friends. I Honestly, think- you're, you should stay that way. It's, <laughs> it's, I know I'm probably going to insult a lot of people. Friends is only really huge because of what it did for the times, and, mm-hmm. like, but, like, it's, if it wasn't what it was in the 90s, it wouldn't really be anything special by today's standards, I would say. Okay. No offense to anyone who likes Friends. I've watched it. I've like thought it was good when I watched it, but like Shits Creek is so good. Or like Parks oh and Rec is so gosh. good. Shit's or like crazy. New Girl is so good. So like there's yes. so many. There's and definitely um oh, there's definitely a phrase that's better than whatever I'm about to say, but the the bowl is there's more, there's more something in the bowl, or like there's more. Fish in the ocean, like there's more options available now that are more well-rounded in different ways. Gosh, there's probably such a good metaphor for what I'm trying to say. But anyway, yeah, I don't think we should reboot stuff. But anyway, well, I think Chris, I think it's really hard to reboot a TV show. Um, I think rebooting a movie is a little easier because you have a story and you can just go with the story. But TV show, you have to keep coming up with different episode ideas. Yeah. Like uh, Space Jam Two is coming out, and I feel like. I honestly like the, I I could be wrong, right? That's the basketball like the, with, the, with the Looney Tunes and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, want to see that though. See, like no, so, I'm talking about, so like I feel like that has a higher success rate or a higher chance of success than if Looney if uh, Space Jam was a TV show and they redid Space Jam for now. Like I feel like they can. I I, I just feel like that's going to be a, a, a it's going to do well, and I think it's going to you know I don't know if it's going to actually be well. I haven't seen the movie yet but yep. it definitely has a higher success chance than if it was a TV show. I want to see the reboot. The show never really like blew up, but I've always, I loved it. It was true Jackson VP. I know that oh, was kind yeah. of in the air about rebooting oh it. That, no, that just, was a big show. That was not nothing. You that think was, so? Okay. I, I, I think was, it was a it was like an, It was like an show. underrated, yeah. I, I kind of think that would be a good reboot. For some reason, I thought it would be. I personally think Is it would be a good reboot movie? if they kind of if they kept the like original concept. And um, you know, in iCarly, they've created a whole new concept pretty much. They kept yep. a very small amount of the original. But if they did that with True Jackson, I think it would be really good because it also would bring back some nostalgia and stuff. Apparently, Kiki Palmer has said that there is a True Jackson. Yes, I know. I saw that, and I was like, please, 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 please. Yeah. Oh, uh, Vedant, I have a question for you, specifically yeah. about what you think about the 90s. So this kind of goes off what Chris is saying. So Chris, I also want to hear what you say about it, but I know I've been speaking a lot and I know Leah has also been speaking a lot, which is why I'm trying to toss it back to you guys. <laughs> um, so Chris just brought up a great point of movies uh, being able to easier be rebooted. Um, do you guys remember the movie Mrs. Doubtfire yes. from 93? I've heard yes. of it. Um, the, the Robin, Robin. Williams ones. Yeah. Robin Williams, right. They're making it into a musical that'll be on Broadway. Yeah, what are your thoughts that. on rebooting? And also even like a few years ago, they made Groundhog's Day uh, mm-hmm. into a musical on Broadway, which I saw and I loved because the music was made by the same guy who did Matilda and it was so good, which even also Matilda, another example. But so what do you think either of you can answer about uh, rebooting a movie to a musical after a pretty okay success with Groundhog's Day and Matilda, but like, how do you think that Mrs. This Mrs. Doubtfire musical is going to do? I mean, I've never watched uh, Doubtfire, and I'm not really a musical person, but I think it goes off kind of what Chris said, where um, you got to change it up a little bit without changing too much. Um, and it really depends on like w- whether the story is the same, but with music. Yeah, yeah. 
What do you think, Chris? I think Mrs. Doubtfire might be a bad example because I think half of that magic was because of Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you make the a musical, obviously he's not going to be there. Um, so I think you're going to lose a little bit of what the 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 magic was with that movie. Um, but I think I think it really just boils down to a single story. You're kind of just adapting the movie into it. It's kind of like Aladdin. Um, wasn't Aladdin a? a Oh, they made a live action. Yeah. Um, well, they also they, there's also a musical. But isn't there a musical? Yeah. So there's like I don't the know how recent it was. I yeah. saw it. It was good. Um, but I feel like like that that can do well. Um, it's just it's it's the story and and adapting it so it's a reboot and not a remaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so one uh, the two other ones that I just mentioned of like Groundhog Day was also from the '90s, but um, they changed the Bill Murray character, which also a similar type of situation where it's like, you know, famous actors famous for originating the role with Bill Murray, but then they made him younger. They made it so that he could be like a romantic lead, which was kind of interesting. But in my personal opinion, I think it worked. And then, I mean, Matilda was also very much mid nineties. And I mean, I think that was a great musical because then it was just, it's a great kids musical of like with all the girls and kids dancing and screaming stuff and opportunity for effects. Vedant, what do you think, what's your take on Disney making live action movies based off of their their original movies? I feel like um, when you bring back something, then it should be done for a reason. Like a lot of the cartoons and like these cartoon movies aren't very optimized for live action. I think uh, The Lion King is a great example of that, where you kind of lose the charm when uh, Timon and Pumbaa and the other characters are live action. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, animation has a very good advantage in that, you know, it looks cartoony, it looks charming and innocent and exaggerated. And you can't really do that with live action because it's realistic. It kind of looks dull to me. Mm-hmm. And Chris, what do you think about that? I, I completely agree with what uh, Vedant is saying is when The Lion King is a cartoony movie, the outrageous idea of animals talking and having musical numbers and storylines where they have human uh, characteristics is believable like when it's cartoony you know it's outrageous so your brain just sort of shuts that part of the movie off and you're just like absorbed in the story and you can believe it but when you make it live action it looks like what nature looks like and that stuff doesn't happen in nature so it doesn't make sense and it just it feels jarring mm-hmm. but what if you take let's say uh mulan they you know came up with that and that wasn't necessarily all like cgi and stuff that was mm-hmm. more like of you know people like actual people yeah. what do you think about that when it comes to people um i think it's i i think it's a good idea i don't think they should overdo it because if they overdo it then they're just going to be remaking different movies and people are going to get sick of it but i think like if they just had just came out with a live action remake of mulan and made it i like what they did is they made it more like closer to the original source material which mm-hmm. is where it came from i think that they did that in a in a, in a better way um but it it I, I think when it comes like when it, with animals, it's weird. Like if they did Beauty and the Beast to me, that live action it would be a little weird. But it did make Beauty and the Beast live action they in twenty seventeen. Yeah, I feel like that. I, then I feel like it might have been. Well, weird. so I was about to actually bring up the point of Beauty and the Beast. Was Beauty and the Beast two thousand seventeen like the second highest grossing movie of that year? Yes. Was it good? It was the same story. Like it's the same. Exactly. It's nothing original. Like right. yeah. I'm of the opinion that we shouldn't be making live action reboots because a it's not going to make people happy. All the people do is have criticism for it. Yeah. It's just, does it make money? Yes, it makes billions of dollars. It does. And they have like a billion yeah. dollar and then budget. They get another billion dollars. No but big like, deal. Beauty and the <laughs> Beast. Do you want to know what the budget was for Beauty and the Beast? I bet it was it? huge. Mm-hmm. It was, it's not, uh, they don't have the precise number, but it was somewhere, it's a wide range. It was somewhere between 160 and $255 million was the budget for Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> wow. Petty change. Now, Gavin, no. Gavin, do you agree? 
or what, what, you, what is your feeling about like just doing it for a cultural standpoint? Like if they had remade uh, Moana and made it more closer to the Hawaiian legends, or if they redid Mulan and made it closer to the Chinese legends, or if they just like just did it for a or like Hercules, if they remade Hercules and just made it closer to Greek mythology. Okay, but I'd watch that. Like I would love Hercules, Hercules, but that's because I love Hercules. But yes. um, I feel like uh, um, that's a good point. I because you are changing the story. Yeah. I I think they should just make original stuff. Like I think that like, I mean like it's not like Princess and the Frog was like original, but or like Frozen is a much better example. Like mm-hmm. it's based off of like still these same kinds of tall tales and whatnot, but um it's still like then make it better when you make it the first time. Yeah, and I just want to say like again going off the point of how something just some things just look better in animation. Like apparently they're gonna be there's gonna be a live action remake of Lilo and Stitch, and I just can't imagine how that's gonna look in live action mm. or CGI. Yeah, it oh, better be really kick butt they, they because Lilo really and be Stitch, you cannot mess that up. If if you mess that up, I'm gonna be pissed. Yes, yeah. and I think it works better for stuff like uh, the Jungle Book live action remake, which I loved. It was really well made, but that's because it's a human character. But for stuff like Lilo and Stitch, it's just not going to work at all for me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think overall, just so much of this 90s, like, I mean, there's, we've seen this nostalgia and like, it just keeps coming back in like, even just within the past five years. And like, I know that we want this nostalgia, but like, it never works out the way that we want it to. Like we can just like come up with some original ideas, maybe like consider mm-hmm. that, like you don't need to, uh, because in my personal opinion, to answer the question of why is there a resurgence of nineties nostalgia in the two thousands, it's to make money. It's to make money off of the people who yeah. can now afford to be paying for the stuff that would, they would be making in my mm-hmm. opinion. And I guess one final point I want to make about nineties media coming back is in the past few years, we've had a lot of uh, Nick, old 90s last early 2000s Nickelodeon stuff coming back with like Hey Arnold got a movie in 2017 and Blue's Clues came back I think two years ago and oh my god but it came back with like an iPad or something like what the heck come on yeah Yeah. like you don't have like the letter anymore you have like a phone or a tablet I'm just like nah okay anyways continue continue you're good yeah and uh, we also got uh, Rockwell's Modern Life got a movie on Netflix two years ago. And again, we talked about LGBTQ plus representation where um, there's a transgender character in the Rockwell's Modern Life movie, which is amazing. Um, And also a lot of other non-Nickelodeon stuff like uh, Beavis and Butthead is getting another movie after like the show ended like 10 years ago. Um, Oh yeah. And the Rugrats, the Rugrats remake, Mm -hmm. like from a few months ago, I believe. Yeah. Like I think it's George just came out whenever uh, Paramount plus came out. And like, I mean, the, yeah, I don't, they need to, I understand like bringing it back, but also they need to figure out what audience they're really looking to get. Cause I think it's the same type of thing of like what we were saying with like girl meets world of like in fuller house. Like you need to decide whether your audience is even with iCarly of whether your audience is the people who grew up with it or the same age group that the original one was made for. And I think that mm-hmm. is like what Chris was saying, make it or break it. Yeah. I agree. And also uh, Animaniacs came back last year. I haven't watched it. I've heard good things about it though. Yeah, I have heard good things about it. I think that there's some simpler programs like that that like have a better potential for success. But like when you're trying to bring back like actors that have now like aged and stuff, like it's definitely a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, uh, this is way off of what, you know, TV and movies. And, but I think, if you're going to reboot something, I think one of the one, you know, field of media that these can reboots, if you do it right, have the high, like just a gigantic chance of success is rebooting video games. 
Mm-hmm. If there's like like Doom came out and and Wolfenstein is coming back and and GoldenEye 007, they they mess that up. But you know Tomb Raider, when you make those games and keep it like similar to what it was like, but with like the updated today graphics, those video games do extremely well, and and you make a ton of money off of those. And I think that's like because video games, it's like you play video games to be in that world and you're transported in that world and you live in that world, and then you just take that same you know gimmick and just bring it to today people go crazy over those and and those are i think video games has a much higher success chance than tv and movies if you're just going to bring it back i have to disagree on that and i'm going to take my brother's standpoint jared if you're listening i'm trying to be in your shoes so hopefully i get this right so do let me know um i think video games you know the old ones are kind of meant to stay those classics yes would it be really nice to see better graphics in older video games a hundred percent but i think what makes video games so nostalgic not nostalgic but so just like kind of hitting home is that it has those like crappy kind of graphics is that it has that really simplistic or easy storyline or easy like boss level to beat and you know that's kind of keeping it original um so yes it would be nice to see better graphics have better frame rate and stuff but i think at the same time like with video games, some that you just, you shouldn't try and reboot just because they've done so, if they've done so well in the past, why would you want to try? Because reboots, you know, some are hit and some are missed. Why would you mm-hmm. want to take that risk of possibly missing and messing right. up a reboot, you know? Right. That's the exact that, same please argument. Please let that, me know. <laughs> no, Leah, but you're, that's the exact same argument that we use, that I'm trying to use for TV shows of like, don't remake Full House because you're just like, don't try yeah. and remake these shows because then you're like, they're not going to be as good as what you remember them to exactly. be. Exactly. And people kind of like that as well. They really, really like the originality to it. So I'm sorry to disagree with you, Chris and Madonna. <laughs> no, I think, I, I think it's no, good. No, I still agree with Chris on that, but I agree with you in terms of that argument being used for everything else. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Both of you have very good arguments for that, where some games could really use an upgrade, like the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake from, I think, I th- it came out pretty recently where it really helps to like, because the remake like really expands on the original story from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some games should just be left in the past. They're proud of their time. And so I guess now we should talk about 90s and early 2000s media that you wish should come back in some way. I'm just going to say the first one that you have on the list because I am in full uh, agreement of this. Freaks and Geeks. uh, I think it was an incredible show. And also, actually, I take back what I'm about to say. I don't think it should come back. But I think that if if reboots were successful, I think Freaks and Geeks should come back. But considering it would not work, I well, actually, I'm going to rescind my rescinded statement. I think they should remake Freaks and Geeks, but I think that they should use original actors and don't just like bring in the same people now because but they're older and it's new people just use that concept with different people and like but even still i don't think they could remake freaks and geeks but i would love if they could i agree with that too gavin because i think freaks and geeks had such potential to keep going and it was just i i had been doing a little research on why it canceled so early is like it just wasn't working. There was a lot of other better shows at the time that were there and freaks and geeks only had a cult following but now i think people have a lot better you know, appreciation for what it really was. And they had to end it early. And there's still so much you can still do with that, like formula, like full house, they've been around forever. And 
there's they did a lot of stuff with their episodes like they, they you could run out of ideas quicker with freaks and geeks that's so fresh still because it ended really it only had one season and it could have gone on for you know four more seasons and so there's a lot of stories that still can be told that people haven't heard of yet i agree and it couldn't come back completely with new actors because uh, Seth Rogen just said he's never going to work with James Franco ever again because there are yeah. allegations against him. But yeah, if right. they could, that would be great. Um, and also, I think that they're already working on a prequel series from what I heard a few years ago, but Curse of Cowardly Dog could come back. Yeah, that's such that an easy, back. like in that same realm of shows of like, yeah. yeah, they could reboot it because why not? I never watched Freaks and Geeks and I never saw, I don't remember Courage the Cowardly Dog. Hey everyone, I'm just editing and thought I should provide clarification for what happens next. So... Uh, we compiled a list of 90s and early 2000s media that should come back. And on that, I listed Junie B. Jones as a suggestion. Do you mean Judy B. Jones or Junie B. Jones? Hang on. Like the book? Judy B. Jones is, I don't, isn't I'm that conf- a book? It was a book. <laughs> it was Judy a book. Judy B. Jones. media. Yeah, yes. no, I'm not denying <laughs> books to stake in media. No, I'm just I remember like those. confused for how no, I remember those. Like, oh, wait, it is Junie B. Jones. Oh my God, what if that's like a Mandela effect type of thing? Oh my wait, God. wait. It is Junie B. Jones. What? No, it's not. It's it Judy is. B. Jones, is it not? It's, it's not. Junie B. Jones. Oh, oh my God. God. I also remember that as Judy B. Jones. Oh my God. That was the books, though, right? Yeah, they're books. Those are good books. Yeah, oh my God, I, I thought it was Judy B. Jones. I Judy. <laughs> Yo, yeah. I'm tripping. <laughs> I think that's a perfect I'm example. I'm really tripping here. It's <laughs> a perfect example of the Mandela effect, which if you want to know more about the Mandela effect, check out The Strange World, The Mandela Effect. Oh, my God. He's... On it. Um, but Judy B. Jones, I, books, we haven't even talked about books. I think that children's books like that, if you have more stories to tell with those characters, like sure, because then you know they could probably have like better Ooh. illustrations or Roll like, Doll. Roll Doll. Yeah. I <laughs> no, I know he is dead, but like that would be, you know, something interesting, kind of if they found the right writer and stuff that could kind of for keep like it a that movie scene. or for the book. Not the book. Yeah, You're saying like movie properties? Maybe movie properties. Yeah. I would like to see some of I because uh, I know they did the was making, it the witches that was yeah. by him but yeah. i'd like to see more of those because i remember his books were very just like iconic very creative very just they, like they haven't stopped lee i hate to break to you they haven't stopped well witches i didn't watch it it bombed yeah. did not do well and they're making a willy wonka prequel with timothy chalamet as a young willy wonka which wow. i don't think is a good idea yeah so i'm sorry but i'm gonna have to disagree with you i think we need to give a rest <laughs> to the brawl doll stuff and let what is existent be existent <laughs> and stop trying to do it because it's not going to be good my, I, th- I feel like I'm so negative on this whole thing of being like, every, He's nothing's just good. me down. You're just, You're just being He's a really No, I'm just trying to be devil's advocate. Also, yeah, <laughs> Wonka with Timothy Chalamet. Maybe it'll come out and maybe this will age poorly and it'll be really good. I hope to be wrong. I just don't really remember many like early 2000 media, but my brain is like also really tired. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of my thing. And I think one example that a lot of people have said, and this is because it got, the revival got canceled, is Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. Oh, wait, they canceled the revival? Yeah, because, I don't know, I think Disney well. wanted to keep it kid-friendly. Oh, you're right. I did hear about this, and Lizzie McGuire wanted it to be like more like adult and like updated. Ooh, like, look at her. This is like 20-plus years later. Like, yeah. She has she's like, a, two she has children kids. now. Yeah. She's married. Yeah. Like I could totally see why she, like, why she would want to kind of advance her character because she herself has advanced but you know disney wanting to stick to their originality man yeah that reminds me there are like a ton of memes online in recent days because iCarly revival was more geared towards adults they're like these lizzie mcguire versus iCarly memes all over twitter 
<laughs> I think aren't they making our curly like a little bit more like they have, adultish? It, it's out. Yeah. They have like yeah. swearing. They talk about like sex on it. But then I mean, like not to I mean, because iCurly wasn't 90s, it was like late 2000s. So not to get right. too much into it, but they right. definitely changed a lot with like Sam not coming back because she had so many uh she just she had such terrible it. experiences with like yeah. Dan Schneider and stuff. And then even right. also Gibby's not coming back right. because he was always the butt of the joke and it was always like fat jokes about him and he's not fat anymore. So like right. he hated being like the butt of the joke and stuff. So it's like really, uh, it's sad that like, they don't want to come back, but like, you know, it's having to update yeah. those like stereotypes and like, you know, not having like a fat kid be the butt of the joke and like trying to find more clever jokes, mm-hmm. which yeah. I mean, I think of the nineties, it was a lot of those surface level jokes that and yeah. either ended up aging to be racist, sexist, or like ageist or like fat jokes. Like those were thankfully have all aged out and should not come back from the nineties. <laughs> Right. It was definitely funny at the time, but just it's not it's not around. It's it, it can't work anymore. Changes with the times. How do you think we'll be nostalgic and or be cringing at the 2010s? Because we just went through that whole decade. Mm-hmm. I think cringe-wise, we'll be like looking at the first iPhone. Cause the first iPhone came out in 2007. Cause you know, in 2017, it was the 10 year. Um, so that would be really cringy. And I think like cringe is kind of like the very bright colors and pattern in the clothes. Well, that's more of the nice. So I'd say cringe, I'd say would be like, I don't come back to me. I, I kind of want to bounce off that. I feel like the iPhone is something that we're going to look back on nostalgically in terms of like Steve Jobs standing up on those stages, like doing those big reveals of like technology because now everyone does those. But I feel mm-hmm. like he was really one of the big ones to be like, this is what we're uh, doing also with like announcing like all the big old iMacs and stuff like that. But um, in terms of cringe stuff, I think that there's an endless list to pull from. But I think definitely one thing is just the general idea of uh, any sort of Tumblr culture or like Ugh. those things oh. of like, uh, any, like all those cringing. like pictures where it was like teen facts or like those like quotes yes. over like okay yes. backgrounds yes. or yes. like okay yeah, but yeah, I teenager love posts that's I could, what it is I could relate to every single one <laughs> <laughs> well everyone could they were teenager posts but so like definitely <laughs> all of the that aspect of like internet culture there's a lot of internet culture that even today is still cringy of stuff that's coming out well I had even wrote down that for my thing as i was going to say like the early like not i wouldn't say early because it's been around for a while but like the 2010 like the 20 like 2007 to 2012 stage of like internet like meme culture so you had like the rage comics and then you had like the i can't has cheeseburger stuff and then you had like just basically like anything that was on iFunny. like did you have cheeseburger though did you have cheeseburger chris i i didn't i've never okay because i has cheeseburger uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh my but god! Yeah, funny. Oh my god, that is uh, yeah. funny. Hi, funny. Jesus. But that, about, uh, that thing. What about silly bands? I was gonna say silly bands. Oh, I yeah, thought those were like... kind of like cringy because they were banned for my school. You know, they got banned, but people oh, would yeah. wear them up to their freaking arm. It was yep. insane. Yeah. It was, and you'd like trade them and stuff. Also, um, wacky packs. Do you remember those? No, no. Wacky packs. If you look them up, they were like stickers that were like um spoofed versions of like so like Kellogg's, let's say Fruit Loops or something. You would have like Kellogg Foot Loops. Um, that was kind of cringe culture back. Yeah, there were stickers that you could like trade with people as well. But those were kind of cringy because it was a little bit more like a risky kind of 
Kid oh, I don't know if those Prada? were the 2010s. No. Those might have been even that looks earlier. Older. These were well. I mean, they originally came out in the 60s, but like, and they're technically. But I remember today, them but... like blowing them. I remember it blowing up in like 2000 something. Yeah, maybe well, it was these, like elementary school time. These yeah. are sort of stuff that like you'd see on T-shirts now, and you'd cringe. Like there was one like I, I'm seeing one of Tide. Yeah. And it says Tired, and I feel like mm. that would be like such like. I don't know, like the stupid TV, like the stupid graphic T-shirt that someone would oh, wear. Yeah, yeah. I used to have like a ton of those. I don't know what happened to them because those were collectibles, man, honestly. Yeah. But what about you? What are some things that you think are going to be cringe from the 2010s? Anybody remember that mustache trend from like 2012? Oh, yeah. Oh, like, that's like, that's in the same line of like, no. that like weird, like Tumblr culture of like, like, everyone, the, I'm like so quirky and like mustaches and like the sunglasses that have the mustaches hanging off of it and stuff like that. Oh, jeez. <sighs> Yeah, and of course, Bieber fever. Everybody's going to remember Bieber fever is like this cringy mm-hmm. thing. I mean, mm-hmm. Justin Bieber has changed. He's improved. But all the girls in my school, not all, but a lot of girls in my school were obsessed with Justin Bieber. And yeah. uh, I was I was also a theater kid. And when Frozen came out, everybody was raving about Frozen and singing Let It Go. I was never a believer. Sorry. Good. Thank God. Oh, Thank you. you. I saw his of- movie and I was just like, ugh. I was like vomiting like throughout the whole movie. I didn't even see the movie, but um, you saying uh, theater kid and speaking of cringe, I think one of the biggest cringe things that we're going to look back on, which we already look back on as cringe from the 2010s was Glee. Mm -hmm. Like it's just going to age even worse as the years go on. It's like now everyone's like the creepy teacher. Yeah. I think we're going to cringe on that anyway. I think American Idol when it was like, you know, when you had like the really just like, sorry, that's my dog. The, the people that were just kind of like crazy and just would come on for like the hot publicity for a second yeah um that was definitely cringe oh yeah yes and uh we mentioned the internet a lot so i feel like around the early to mid 2010s they were trying to bring internet culture to television like fred got his own nickelodeon cartoon and Ugh. three Ugh. movies Another editing note, I meant to say that Fred got his own live action show. They also made a Cartoon Network show about the annoying orange and Ugh. react to that. They also did got not, did they? They did. Annoying orange yeah. Why? yeah. Yeah, there's just so many things like that from like the beginning of YouTube that like is definitely cringe. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. Now we're all just cringing. What a lovely way to end the episode. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Does anybody have like anything else like 90s, early 2000s that they like to bring up? I think I just want to say that uh, to all the studios out there, don't reboot anything. It's not going to go well. You've got like a 1% chance of it succeeding. And let me tell you, you're not going to be that 1% chance. So just come up with something. You're, you're not that Shut guy, Kyle. down. Don't do it. It's Shut not going to go down. well. It's not going to go well. <laughs> Gavin, you, you are not that guy. You, you are, are not, not that guy. guy. You are not that guy. <laughs> Trust me. You are not that guy. Not Don, that guy. I say this on, on the This Strange World podcast, but... Gavin and Chris are in like the biggest relationships. Oh my sometimes. god, the bromance is real. The bromance is a hundred percent there. Bromance um, is amazing. No, I think this was just like such a nostalgic episode, and I really, I really love this because it made me feel young for a hot sex. But that's just not <laughs> yeah. the case anymore. Yeah, it I takes feel the exact back. opposite. It takes <laughs> me back. Um, but you know, I'm I'm interested to see. I agree with Gavin. Don't do the reboot, but if you do. I'm interested to see kind of how they approach it. I'm really interested to see how they do the True Jackson VP. I was always a big fan of it. I memorized like one episode, like on the top of my head. I forget it now. Um, But yeah, so be careful with the reboots is what I have to say. You know, distinguish. Are you trying to reach a new crowd? Are you trying to reach that same crowd? Whatever Gavin uh, said, 
back then. That's what I got to say. That's my I, last point. My last point is, again, with the reboots, if you're going to make a reboot, you can't do it just for money. You can't half, you know, you can't do it halfway. You have to put it, you have to put care in the same amount, if not more care than they originally did. You have to make it worthwhile and you have to make people want to watch it. And I think that amount of effort is going to turn some people off. And that's why if people do it just for money and they just go straight to nostalgia because it's quick and easy buck, but it does fail. If you want something that's going to be successful, you have to put the thought in and you have to put the work in and make it special. Are yeah. you agree? Chris, Leia, Sorry, Leah, Leah. Either or, I don't care. Honestly, Chris, I don't care. <laughs> Chris, Leah, and Gavin, thank you so much for agreeing to be on today's episode of Let's Talk Media with Vedanta Kaur. And also, everybody, subscribe to This Strange World, available on your favorite podcast platform. Yeah, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. And thank you, Vedanta, for having us come on this episode. I know you're going to end your podcast soon, which I'm so bummed about. But, you know, best of luck with future endeavors and stuff. And uh, you should definitely be on one of ours as well. It'd be fun to have you on. Yes. Yeah, glad we could squeeze on right at the end, right before you finished. (laughs) Yeah.